Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Jessica. Oh, that's Elizabeth, Welcome by the, the way. <laughs> Welcome to the STEMcast. That's Elizabeth, by the way. And that's Jessica. Yeah, and STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Some had anyone ever asked you, like in regards of the Instagram and the YouTube channel, is it like a stem, like the stem of a tree? Yeah, I feel it. No, well, that that's a stump. Oh, that's a, yeah, oh, I guess no. you can have a stamp. Wait, I, no, a, no, I don't know <laughs> any other definitions of stem. Okay, I know stem the- cell. I think that's what most people think it is. Stem cell. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so they think you're like super pro GMO and GMO for stem GMO. Wait. For stem cells. But stem cells are the baby cells. Yeah, but I guess there's like GMO projects where people try to modify them into other other cells in order to heal people. R- Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't know anything about biology, but when I think of what a stem cell is, and it's genetically modified, right? Yeah. There, I feel like the microbiologist listening to this right now is like ripping out their hair. They're like, "Why are these girls so dumb?" <laughs> but I feel like every episode, I make a request for like, if you think we're wrong, please teach us. Yeah. So far. <laughs> So far, no one has actually taught us anything. So I yeah. guess that means that we're always right. Yeah, and that means everyone just wants us to teach them. So lesson of this episode is stem cells are GMOs. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, you were going to have another lesson, right? Yes. So um, I created this document and I was thinking we would go through it together, but mm-hmm. you would tell me... Um, you would be like, wait, I don't understand. Can you explain that? Okay. Yeah, and I don't even have the document, so. Oh. <laughs> I thought I sent it to you. Maybe you did, but maybe I didn't read it. Oh, okay. But it's on your phone. Oh, okay. You you know how there's a thing right now when there's just so much information and you get so many emails and at some point you're like, unless it says urgent, I'm just not going to read it. Yeah. I mean, I try to be really good at my emails, but people get mad at me pretty quickly. Like today I got a follow-up email, like, excuse me, did you get my last email? And I was like, Oh, but I still haven't replied. The only thing I see when I open my WhatsApp to you is this really shitty meme that I sent you earlier today. I posted it on Instagram because I thought it was so funny. And then I spent like a portion of the ride to work today, like looking at science memes. (laughs) Just so everyone knows what meme we're talking about. Um, Maybe I could share it again tomorrow. Or I don't know. Maybe I could put on one of my Instagram highlights. Basically, let me open it again. (laughs) It's a drawing of a horse where half of the horse is like a professionally, like it's a drawing of a horse in pencil and like half of the horse is like professionally drawn with like shading like of the muscles and (laughs) above that section it says the parts copied from stack overflow and then the rest of the horse is like a stick figure and it says my like most of my code and then at the bottom it's just like don't touch it works (laughs) (laughs) it's just too good it's just too funny amazing okay so just some background um as people may or may not know this is Jess talking and I have a YouTube channel and this month of December because like 
every single person that emails me asks me the same thing. And it's like, hey, here's my personal statement. Can you read it? Uh, please get back to me ASAP. Thanks. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, first of all, I don't want to just read over something because like skim it and not actually put an effort because a personal statement is like a big deal right? Or a personal statement or a motivation letter or a letter of intent for grad school applications is a really big deal. And I've written so many that I'm very critical of them. So if I read someone's personal statement, I, and I don't, and I think that there's like, I will definitely see a lot of things to fix, but I don't have time to like go through and be super critical, but I also don't just want to skim it and send it back and be like, yeah, it's great. You know? Um, And this has resulted in like a few people emailing me and me not wanting to disappoint people. So Mm. I would be like, yeah, I'll read it. And then like three months passes and I just never find the time because I'm (laughs) like, I have to do a good job if I read it. Yeah. I would say that one time I sent a letter of motivation for you to review, mostly because I was thinking this was quite early in our friendship. And I was thinking she's native. She would just fix my language. But not like, I think you put, you must have put so much time in it because literally everything was marked yellow. <laughs> really? And I don't not, even remember that. No, and not only grammar. So it was also like, yeah, but you as a person, I would describe you rather like this. And you put like, you put words on describing me as a person for this letter of motivation in a way that I wouldn't be able to do about myself. Oh, thank you. Well, that's the thing. Like, I actually, actually yeah. I did proceed in the interview process when you reviewed this for you, me. You didn't? I did. Oh, well, yeah. oh yeah, that was your cover letter, I think. Oh right? yeah, cover letter. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the, th- oh yeah, 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 I remember now. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to just put in like the bare minimum energy because then it's kind of like lying to the person. Um, mm. And also I don't correct grammar. I'm just like. Fix, no, fix this grammar like you can look up how to <laughs> how to do this yeah. but I will mark down that it's wrong so yeah. you see the yeah error. that's really good so I can so I can figure it out myself yeah um okay but getting back to it because of all of this I was like okay well how how do I help a lot of people like with their personal statement like how do I make this a scalable solution because I can't go through everyone's letter that's just the reality of it I don't have time so I decided to dedicate vlogmas which is this entire month to doing the personal statement like so basically every okay so first of all first day of vlogmas I released a video explaining how to write like the best personal statement ever yeah. And with that personal statement, I gave out a free personal statement checklist. And this is basically a review checklist for when you're done writing. So like Elizabeth was done writing. And like this is kind of like the different steps I go through uh, to make sure that like to go through and review your letter, your letter, like go through these checkpoints to and go through your letter again with these in mind. Mm. And basically, yeah, for the rest of Vlogmas, if people have questions or whatever, they can email it to me or write me on Instagram or whatever. And every day in my vlog, I will answer one of those questions. So that is basically what I'm doing for Vlogmas. So I was thinking we would go through this personal statement checklist and Mm -hmm. whatever one 
you like we can start by reading them and whichever one isn't clear to you you can be like wait what do you mean by that and I'll try to explain how does that sound sounds great okay so do you want to start reading through all the different ones and whatever like out loud and then whichever one isn't clear I will try to explain the thing yeah I got stuck on the first one okay which is you you have an introduction and this is the most awkward part for me to write because well, I've chosen within my career, I've chosen to do whatever thrills me. So it's it's easy for me to write about the research I did there or the project I did there, or I worked professionally with horses. That's really easy for me to write about. But just this introduction, it's like, hi, I'm Elizabeth. I'm 24 years old and I live in Sweden. I'm like, oh, it's just so awkward. I don't really, it's really hard for me. And like, you want to pop, you know, you want someone to read it and be like, snap this is really good yeah well at least in like okay yeah so normally the point of the introduction is like you want to hook the reader Mm. but you also don't want to have like a story about your childhood that goes on and on and like bores the reader you know yeah so it's better to just like hook the reader if you can and then or if you don't have anything uh like to say interesting Mm. then just go straight into what you want to study and why. Like, I don't think, I think having like a sentence, like even a sentence as your introduction is good enough. Um, As long as you're just like, yeah, you somehow introduce the letter. Um, So that could be like a little anecdote. Um, And usually if you don't have an anecdote, like mine is about whitewater kayaking and the environment and how I want to be an engineer to help the environment. But if you don't have one, it's usually like, okay, well, why do you want to study in this program? It's like, okay, yeah. well, like you just keep asking yourself why. Okay, well, sometimes I, I ask. For, yeah, sometimes for this, I ask people to describe me, so okay. I get inspirations about how other people, how I'm perceived by other people. Yeah, that's good too. I was just because it gives it like a different angle. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I think asking someone to describe you or coming up with an anecdote, like, those are all really good things. And basically, yeah, it's just an introduction. Like, usually I tell people to write that at the end because Mm. it's really easy to get writer's block because it's like the first thing you write and you're like, crap, it's not it's not a hook. So I would write like the rest of your letter first. And then that's why I put that in this checklist. So you go through your letter when you're done writing it and then you can add your introduction. Yeah. Yeah. But what I was just just to end off what I was saying earlier about say you you like ask yourself a question like, okay, well, why do I want to go here? And your answer is like, oh, well, I want to go here because um, it's a good school. Okay, well, why? Yeah. Why is it a good school? Oh, uh, yeah. it's a good school because of, um, I don't know, this professor. Okay, well, why? Yeah. Oh, well, this professor, like, does this sort of microbiology, genetic, and stem cell work. <laughs> um, mm. So, like, it's just, like, keep, fi- keep asking why until you find yeah. something actually tangible. I think this writing this kind of statement is really good because you have to ask yourself what you really want. Yeah. I think this is something, although you might not be apply, you might not apply for something, but you're, you're managing your career path. This, it might be good to check this checklist 
and ask yourself these deeper questions anyway to make sure that you're actually going the right path aiming for your target. Well, yeah, and even if you're just applying to a school and you don't even know why, if you're just applying for the reputation, like you're already not doing well. Like you should know what you want and why. Yeah. 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 Okay, no. That's actually okay. Writing the introduction in the end, that's actually a really good advice. Mm -hmm. Because that also gives you an opportunity to catch what you haven't been able to catch within the rest of the text. Yeah. So, okay, the next point is if there was a specific, if there were specific questions asked by the institution, you've answered them all. Well, yeah, because they spent time reading your application. The least thing you can do is give them what they asked for. (laughs) Yeah. I always see my, when I write, I always think that. I'm literally wasting their time with my application, so it has to be worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to waste their time, especially if they're like, tell us your name and what you want to study. And you're like, I've been gardening my entire life and plants are the most important thing. And therefore, microbiology will rule the world. And they're just like, what is your name? (laughs) They're like, my name is no. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows the song, but yeah, it's a song. No, I know it. My name. Yeah, I know is... you know it. Oh, but now I'm. But now I'm thinking of. My name is No, but I started to sing it in, the Slim Shady, tune. <laughs> like my name is No. My name is what? My name is Chuka Slim Shady. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Oh no! Stop. Okay, let's move on. Okay. So we have the first and the second point covered. And you've included your relevant past and current education. Yeah. Relev- this is the hardest for me because I'm so passionate about my horses. Mm-hmm. But I know that I can't write a page about horses. No. Yeah. I can write something about it, but I can't write a page about it. Yeah. Like, for example, you like did a lot of equestrian stuff. And it's super impressive, right? Yeah. And like, I hope someone thinks that. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, you could think, oh, this is something really cool about me that sets me apart from the normal people, but I don't think the school will care. Like, yeah. for me, I was on Team Canada for kayaking, and I didn't put that into my letter because I was like, why on earth would this professor I'm applying to care? Like, he's the most he's going to be is like, oh, that's cool. And then, like put your application in the trash. <laughs> I think they can see that they can, they can see that you're like a multi multi-talented person which is worthwhile but you don't have to write the whole page about it. Or but I mean my thing is like you can that's already in the CV. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't even need to write about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And yeah, you included relevant work experience project and says, yeah, I think that's really because that really shows what add value you can add to their work. If you've already been doing some, for me, maybe uh, SEM scanning electron micros, I can pronounce that my, microscope. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if I, since I've already done that, they know that they don't have to waste a full day of education on me. Yeah, in learning that, learning that kind of analysis equipment. And I also underlined relevant because some people think that they just need to list every single project that they've done. And that's not the case. Like, focus on the ones that will be the most impressive and, like, relate most to what you want to do. 
and the next one that's the one that I think is the most important for yourself like it might not be the deal breaker that gives you the task but if you haven't figured this out then you should really reconsider why you're applying and that's you included your reason for wanting to study in this program Mm -hmm. because this is something that really needs to come from within yeah and I think people don't think about that like they just go and apply to the top universities in the world and it's like well why do you want to study at Harvard it's like well because it's Harvard like Every single person applying to Harvard has that response. So it's not helpful. Yeah. I don't remember who said this. Oh, this is um, it's an old retired professor that lives in the same town as me who I met by coincidence. Okay. He told me that he was um, he was guest lecturing at somewhere. And uh, at the dinner, he met some young guys and they were like, we study at Harvard. And he was like, Harvard? What? And they were like, you haven't heard about Harvard? Stupid Swede. And he was like, no, can you tell me about it? Of course he had heard about Harvard, but he he was just messing with them. And that was just so provoking to them that this is the top university. How can there be a professor lecturing us who haven't heard about our school? (laughs) So, yeah. No, but by the end of the day, why would you choose, like, ETH over EPFL? Or why do you choose Harvard over Stanford? By the end of the day, they want to pick someone who wants to be there. Yeah, exactly. And that also goes hand in hand with tailoring your letters for the different programs and schools. Yeah. 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 So far, we are aligned. So far, I'm not disagreeing with you how a personal statement should be written. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't think I, I I don't think I will is the remark. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> Few of them that I think I think these are quite obvious. But you you should include your future goals and how this program will help you achieve those goals. You demonstrate the knowledge of this school or program, and for me, those kind of shows that you understand what you are getting yourself into. Because mm-hmm. if you are, maybe you want to work at a hedge fund. Why do you study aerophysics? at uh, Harvard uh-huh. no that doesn't make sense like, then, <laughs> then you obviously haven't understood what you're gonna study uh-huh I, I think it's obvious to us but maybe to some people that like you know I think it just takes a lot of self-reflection to figure out what you want what is your future goal yeah. and will this help you attain that future goal like some people are very busy and they just don't stop to think about these things yeah. And I think yeah. that's important to remind people of. And it doesn't help them admitting someone that might drop out. Exactly. They yeah. rather they rather taking people that stays mm-hmm. and that shows that they want to stay. Yeah. And <laughs> next one, you did not summarize your entire life. And I think <laughs> this is the hardest part because I could write pages. Of course. Yeah. It's my life's work, you know? Yeah, you want to share it. You want to be like, this is why all of the reasons why I'm special and why you guys should take me. But they don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The next one, though, all of your claims are backed up with evidence. Do you mean, like, they should be, like, connected to my resume or what's stated there? I, or, like, what do, you, what do you mean by, a res- uh, by evidence? I mean, like, every time you make a claim, like, if you're going to be, like, Oh, I am a great, like, I have great leadership qualities and I have a lot of knowledge in CFD and I have a lot of practical research experience. That's great claims. But 
they're not going to care unless you can give examples. So the first, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so what was the first one I said? Leadership CFD. Yeah. So for the first one, I have great leadership. Instead of saying I have great leadership, you should say something like, Oh, leading a team of blah, blah, blah. In my last project, we were able to accomplish this task in only three months. Yeah. Okay. When yeah. you're talking about CFD, be like, for my pro, for my master's thesis, for my bachelor's thesis, I simulated blah blah blah. And then for yeah. research experience, it could be like, in my um my the lab that I worked in, I had to um, publish my thesis, which then turned into a paper. Like you okay, can, yeah. yeah, you can say all those claims, but it's better to just say the evidence instead and then point back yeah. to those claims. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the second sub set of, uh, bullet points. So now we're going to the third one starts with your writing is specific, not vague. And this is, I think where you have a lot of help as a native speaker, yeah, or where you can get a lot of help by getting advices from an atheist speaker because they're just way better in putting the same, the same meaning, the same consensus in a shorter format. Yes, that's also what I learned from reading over non-native speakers' work. Sometimes I'm trying to think of an example. Yeah, sometimes people are like write a very vague sentence like. I have a lot of research experience and I would love to apply this to all of the work that ETH has been doing to better society. Yeah. Like that's very vague. It's like, what kind of research experience do you have? What kind of work is ETH doing and how are they helping society? Like you can be way more specific. Um, Here you have helped me a lot because when I've been writing for my, my math thesis, Sometimes I write, um, this means that, this means that, this means that. Whereas you were like hitting me on my fingers and said, no, you had to mean this. You had to write this um, increase of the derivative means that. I have to refer back. I can't just refer back to my previous sentence with this and that. Yeah. I have to be more specific. Exactly. Like that also just goes with like general... um, that also just goes with like generally how you write because a yeah. lot of the time you have to, I mean, it, it has to do specifically with grammar, you know, because yeah. it, what you, if you're saying that work that I did was very interesting, if you say that at the beginning of a sentence, it has to refer to the subject of the previous sentence. That's just yeah. like basic grammar that I know is difficult for a lot of non-native speakers, which I think yeah, is why it's important to also get a native speaker to read over your letter. Okay, the next bullet point, I actually would like you to explain it further for me. So it's your conclusion isn't more than a few sentences and doesn't reiterate reiterate everything you've written in the letter. So do you mean that my conclusion should be quite concise and bring some added value compared to what I've written before? So the first part is right. Your conclusion should be concise. And say in your entire letter, you gave like many points arguing why you're the best for the program and blah, blah, blah. In your conclusion, don't go over everything again because it's only one page. So you don't have time and space to 
to reiterate everything again. Instead, what it's better to do is like just reiterate one of your strongest points, like maybe reiterate your goal one last time. Yeah, for the next one, you have no cliches. When I'm writing um, cover letters for companies, then I use a lot of cliches. But I guess for a personal statement, it's like when you apply to a company, there might be some added value. If, like if they want to hire you and you have some personal attachment to the company, they know that they can retain you for a longer time because you believe in this company. Mm-hmm. But maybe for a personal statement, you don't really need that kind of things to sell yourself. Well, I think if you relate yourself to the company or whatever, that's fine. It's really just these sentences that I'm talking about, you know, like... Yeah. Since I was a little girl or since I was a little boy or I've always had a passion for programming. These sentences like I've always had a passion or since I was little or, you know, like these cliche sentences um, are just cliche. Mm. (laughs) It's better to just be like, when I was six, I did this or, you know, instead of the world is a terrible place and type those type of cliches. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This one I think overlaps with the first one. So I think that you have a catch opening sentence or anecdote overlaps a bit with you have an introduction. Yeah. Maybe I should have put that at the top and we have also kind of talked about it a bit, but yeah, back yeah. to the opening sentence. Man, but you can also have anecdotes within... If you don't have an anecdote within the opening sentence, you can always have within the text. Yeah, as long as it's, like, helping your letter. And it's yeah. not wasting the time. Yeah. And then the next one is quite obvious, that your letter is one page or the length specified by the institution. Well, actually, so someone messaged me yesterday and asked me exactly that. They said... I have two pages. How important is it for my page to be one page? And my answer is, if they don't specify... I mean, if they do specify two pages, then yeah, it's fine. But most of the time, the universities specify. And if they don't... One page. Yeah, I, I think you should do one page. Because if it takes you more than one page to explain everything, then you definitely have too much fluffy stuff in your... Yeah. Yeah. Or you just been really, really amazing for your young age. Yeah. <laughs> in, like, the time of your bachelor's, you've done so many things. It fits onto two pages. Yeah. Okay, all of your sentences are short and brief. So what would you say is the best length of a sentence sometimes they say yeah it shouldn't be more than two rows oh sorry i didn't send you the updated version (laughs) (laughs) mine says all of your sentences are clear and aren't extremely long which is almost the same thing yeah so what was your question sorry do you say would you say that there's like a length of a sentence should not be longer than this um There are sentences that are too long. Yes. For example, um, I find that when people write in, when German speakers write in English, they tend to write one sentence for a paragraph and just separate their thoughts by commas. Because you can do that in German. I think, can you do that in Swedish too? Uh, In general, you say that the sentence should not be longer than two rows on a paper. Okay. Well, 
the problem that I see with a lot of non-native speakers is that the sentences are really can be split up into two or three sentences because they're trying to Mm. have one cohesive thought in one sentence. And sometimes it just makes sense to separate your thoughts into two sentences because it's just making it easier to read. You don't want the person reading your statement to be like working super hard and using all of their brain power just to understand (laughs) what you're writing. Make it easy for them so that it's, they don't just stop right reading it and throw it away. Yeah, no, I re- this is the next one for me. Your writing is clear and isn't too wordy. Yeah. And <laughs> when people just try to throw in smart words there, it's just, ugh. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Sometimes people try to be like, thus, since I was, um, I, I can't even think of any smart words. Mm. <laughs> for me, it's easy because I don't have any smart words in my vocabulary. <laughs> hey, weird. <laughs> well, I, I just find that sometimes people try to yeah throw in smart words to sound smart and in the end you just sound dumb yeah because because Mm. you're you're not being clear yeah Yeah, and then there's no spelling or grammatical errors and that's yeah it makes sense yeah that one's sloppy yeah sloppy yeah also if you're writing a letter to like mit remember to take mit out if you're applying to Stanford. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I guess that have happened. Yeah, I'm sure. Not by me, for sure not. No, not by me neither. But (laughs) sometimes I've been like, I sent something in and then I've been like, oh snap, did I change it? And then I have like had a heart race and then I look and it's changed and I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you can avoid having that feeling if your letters have been reviewed by three different people from which one is a native speaker. Hey! That's the next point, point. yeah. I'm assuming it would be quite difficult to find a native speaker if you Mm. live somewhere without native speakers. But also, like, I I would recommend also getting it reviewed by someone who has been, if you're applying for a microbiology lab and you have been doing a bachelor's in microbiology, it makes sense to maybe ask someone from the microbiology lab to review it. Uh Uh-huh. Because they also know the topic and they know your skills within the field and they can tell you what to emphasize within the field. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, when I was writing my personal statement, so I got about... I don't know how many people to review mine. I think seven. And all of the people that reviewed mine um, before I got to the fifth, sixth, and seventh person were all, like, writing experts. They were all people that studied English or, like, the person at the school, the the library. Yeah. Yeah, You can do that that at my the uni where I studied as well. You can ask the library to review your... Yeah, exactly. But the, the people... When they start to read technical stuff, they kind of stop reading that sentence because it doesn't make sense to them. So they kind of skip over it and read the rest. So then when I gave my letter to my friend in mechanical engineering, that's a good writer. He was like, whoa, what the heck? This doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So I would also suggest it's good that you have someone technical. Yeah, technical in your field. Yeah, I would say someone technical, someone that's good with language, and someone that knows you really well. That should be your three people. Mm-hmm. 
because the p- people that know you, person that knows you really well, can also see is this what you really want and help you emphasize whether it's what you really want. And maybe the if they know something about you, they'd be like, hey, well, what about that project you did? Like, yeah, I yeah. think that would relate or like show them that you're um, really good in research or something yeah. like that. Or you can just have be like me and have a best friend that is like a super mechanical engineer. She's Canadian and she knows you very well. Wait, you have another Canadian engineering best friend? Oh, I was afraid, yeah, you, I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, I was of course. <laughs> uh, I miss you. Oh, I miss you too. But hey, this looks, this personal statement checklist looks really good. Really? So when, when are the deadlines for people applying to universities? So apparently... I ETH, I think, is in January, no? I thought it was, but apparently it's in December. Oh. Yeah, oh. so anyway, um, I guess people... But I think oh, other... it's January for Europeans, I think. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But if people want to get this checklist, um, because I realized we just talked about it, but we didn't actually tell people where they can get it, there is a download link in our show notes. So you just click that link and enter your email and the checklist will get sent to your inbox. Yes. Yeah, I'm so happy I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, me too. Me too. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to just review those kind of things in general for other things that I'm writing. So I'm writing a lot of technical documents and just the thing with like keeping the language simple because it's not these documents are not only to be reviewed by engineers. So yeah, it's, and like, easy to, it's easy to get yeah. like used to this kind of academic writing. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like When people read your letter, they're already trying to understand what your project is and what your goals are. Don't also make them try to understand your writing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you guys uh, want to write us a review, we would really appreciate that because no one has done that in like two months. Yeah. <laughs> it would really it's help just- us. It's just a lot of people listening, but not interacting. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you guys write us a review, we'll read it next uh, in two weeks on the podcast and give you a shout out. And it will help other people, you know, find the podcast. And also it'll help us know that you actually like the podcast and aren't just like a sneaky creeper listening <laughs> we won't we won't review your personal statement but we will review your review hey yeah <laughs> we'll give you a letter grade based on your review until then have a nice time write us a review hey hey bye bye